0: It's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton, and I'm here with actor... White guy? Definitely white guy. Jew? Jew. yeah. I mean, what else? Scruffy
1: person? Yeah, v-neck. V-neck wearing uh, ass hat? Yes. Yeah. Person. Person. (laughs) Adam Rose. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) What's going on? Uh, Not much, man. How you doing?
0: Well, we're... uh, We're podcasting,
1: right? We are. We're podcasting. We're just
0: on your podcast.
1: We just did my podcast, Rosecast.
0: Rosecast. Um, You're now on mine.
1: I'm now on yours.
0: So now the spotlight's on you. Oh. For the first time in your life. Ever, ever. What's interesting is that— I've never felt better, actually. We kind of met through, I think, your— kind of um you know i'll say interest but you're you're getting heavily into youtube absolutely and and, and, and the digital space absolutely but you come from traditional
1: yeah the mainstream yeah
0: (laughs) and like i guess arguably i guess like i'm like you know have been doing the digital thing but i want to i want to do what you're doing
1: which, which I'm starting to realize a lot. Like a lot of the people that I'm talking to, they consider YouTube and digital yeah. uh, content in general to be some sort of a stepping stone yeah. to TV and film. Um, and I'm I'm sort of, I'm not moving away from TV and film, but right. I'm really trying to embrace the digital side of things because of the freedom it gives me. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I, it's just interesting that we're both kind of, I don't know, we're both on like different, like, the sides of the yeah. same coin that doesn't i don't know what that means no I but you're right
1: it. i mean i think we're, we're we were on different sides yeah. and now we're meeting in the middle somewhere in the middle yeah uh
0: so you're a real actor i'm just gonna say you're a real actor <laughs> yeah working actor
1: yes that's true i mean i you know i, I, I make I, my living uh acting yes. yes which is
0: like i'm a little bit of a hater when it comes to living in los angeles and a lot of people posturing and saying a lot of things that they can't back up and what what i love about like youtube or like i can back up everything i say i can prove it in metrics like i don't hey you've got the numbers i got the numbers i don't need to lie uh uh, and yes i'll leverage things but i think a lot of people in la and you've probably probably met them is a lot of people um are uh, they just say they do like i said i meant you know here's my business card i'm like an actor director producer visionary and i'm like but you make your living working at, like, Staples. Right. What have uh, you created? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. nothing. But <laughs> I, I have these ideas, like, in, like, you know, on my iPhone. I wrote
1: half a script last last decade. Yeah, and yeah. it's just,
0: like, it's it's in development. And I'm like, it's just a lot of um, posturing in Yeah, Los absolutely. Well, but
1: because, you know, it's, like, all about, um, you know, uh, what's it? Uh, perc- uh, perception. Perception, yeah. yeah. It's all about perception.
0: But you actually... Make a living doing what you say you're doing. This is true. Which, regardless of anything, is I I think is the most important thing. Oh, thanks. So let's go back and how did like how did that how do you go from like like because when you were born, you didn't even have an agent when you were born.
1: No, no. Most people I've learned most don't don't have an agent when they're born. Yeah.
0: Most. Let's not. Let's not. Be I don't. Crazy. Wanna,
1: I listen. I don't like to say. I don't like uh, uh, absolutes. You right. know what I mean. <laughs> so
0: you were born. You didn't have an. You didn't have an, You didn't have an agent. You didn't even have a
1: real. No. No real. Your, I mean, your no, headshots were terrible. No. And, and it was yeah, just your sonogram. Terrible headshots. You yeah. could barely see my face. It was yeah. more of a profile. profile which yeah. just for anybody getting into the acting world, don't so, yeah. have a profile as a as a headshot.
0: <laughs> How do you go from? When you were when you were born, you literally booked you were not on a veil.
1: No, I was nothing. I no one didn't even know who I was, yeah. really. Except for my parents. Yeah. And, and they, they aren't in the industry. No, they are not at all. Um,
0: no. how do you go from like what was the trajectory of going from being born and being a nobody? A nothing. Not bookable. You know what I mean? Like Nobody wanted me. Nobody was interested in you. Um to going from that to being a real human being validated yeah. by being on – By on, television. By television. Because <laughs> would you say that the television is your like, main thing, right?
1: I don't know, actually. Uh, I mean, I guess I've worked more in television than mm-hmm. I have worked in film. But that being said, I've done a bunch of film also.
0: So we're going to talk a bit because I'm a little bit, a tiny bit of a star fucker.
1: Nice. But, but here's the Congratulations. thing. Is,
0: it's not – it's for very, very random stuff. Right. Because all right, I grew up in in uh, New York, and I was you know born in New Jersey, and I've always lived about an hour outside of the city. But like I I have always been like I've I've loved television, I love movies as a kid. I you know Three's Company and the, MTV's The State is like the things where I was like oh I I think this is funny. Like I want to be this sure at a very like young age. You know Three's Company when I was young, and in The State you know. When, a little bit later, yeah. Um, Nothing in between, huh? But I watched that, and the magic of watching that—it really did transport me. Like I, I was just like, "What must their lives be like, both on a show and in real life?" And I was always just—I I always just kind of like—I um, never took it as kind of—they're like they're just regular people. I don't know. I've always just like had a very like you put them on a
1: pedestal. Kind I always of thing. put them on
0: a pedestal, and not in a way—it's like, "Oh, you're you're a better human being." But it's like no, I mean this is a very and I still am like that, you know. People could be like, oh man, you're people tell me like, oh you're famous because uh, because of YouTube. You or are maybe. But here's the thing is like no, because I'm not a, like for me it's like I don't think I well number one I never think that I am because I just never think of myself like that because I always think other people are like that. Right. Um, right. You know, anybody Jack, but yeah, you, Jack Tripper from Three's Company. Uh, it, you know, to me is like no, that's or the Beatles like that to me is like no th- those people are famous like and i'm right. not those people um so how do you how do you go from uh from being a nothing
1: being just to nothing. what
0: i think is a a something
1: um well it started when i was uh 8 years old yeah um i yeah, I, In New York. I, in New York City. That's yeah. where I grew up. Yeah. I was born in Israel and then moved. Oh, hold us. on. I know. Podcast over. Yeah, just no, no, tell no, me no, about no, it. No, no, I know. Podcast over. I don't want this I to get political. I, I'm, 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 let's get into Zionism. Yeah. Let's do this. Wait,
0: you're not even a real American?
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm now an American citizen uh, because I, I got that when I was 12 years old, I think. And then, so you come
0: here you take up all our jobs all the jobs because all the working class need to be recurring on, yes, on, exactly. uh, on network television yeah
1: I'm taking all of the good jobs really um, but do you know any Hebrew I do yeah I understand pretty much all of Hebrew and uh, I can I can hold up a conversation of sorts
0: okay I'm gonna give you bust out some words to you okay you tell me th- this is honestly like this is why i like not doing too much research because then i can really like make this authentic yeah what does okay maze
1: maze is is what what is this yeah 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 what is that
0: now answer that question no i'm kidding what is that (laughs) in a worldly sense what is this uh okay
1: zona zona is bitch yep Yes. <laughs> uh my my And and if you and if you want to say son of a bitch, yes. it's Benzona.
0: Yes, Benzona. Okay. Benzona. Um, now here's one I've actually used to try to be cute when uh, there was a girl that was uh she's from Israel. Oh yeah. Um, she was very, very hot and I was trying to like, you know, I was flirting with her and stuff yeah, like course. that. Of course. Um I used the word Nishika.
1: Nishika is kisses. Yeah, see, yes. see how that works. I love that. And I'm just like,
0: I'm an American, but I, I do know a little bit. You of know Hebrew. how to say
1: like, I love you, right? And the Oh yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because my um my uh, sister, which is my my dad's um, you know r- half sister, I guess. Right. Is um speaks fluent uh Hebrew. Oh wow. Um yeah. Because, Why? Well, her 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 mother is is from Israel. Oh cool. Uh, or Yemen or whatever. That's separate, one of those places. One of those not America. <laughs> um so I I've heard and my dad speaks it uh, I think a little bit. Um so I've just overheard a lot of these uh of these words. Okay. Um, Mio mi-o-chevet?
1: miochevet, I like. Yeah. Yeah. I um, love or I love. Yeah. Either or.
0: Uh I'm just I'm just kinda quizzing you to see Dude, I, I'm, I'm, believe- legit, yeah. I'm I'm legit, man. I I'm um, the real deal.
1: Uh, I'm a holy child, born in Jerusalem.
0: Yeah, no, you are a son of Abraham.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh,
0: so you came. So when did you move to
1: New uh, York? Yeah, uh, that was. I was two years old. Okay. It wasn't. I, I didn't come by myself. My right. parents kind of uh, took the took the lead on that, and um, yeah, moved to the states with my uh, parents and two brothers uh, to New York City. I was two years old, and then uh, around eight years old my brother who at the time was like striking looking now he's still a good looking guy but he looks less like a girl now okay. and at the time he's sort of like he was such a pretty boy that he yeah. looked like a girl and he got picked up off the street by a producer and he was like and the producer was like come audition for the sweet tarts commercial he doesn't book the sweet tarts commercial but Liked what he was doing. Someone in our – that lived in the building that we lived in was like, hey, I know this talent manager. Why don't you take Gabe, my brother, to this oh, talent Jew, manager? Oh, Jew, Jew. Jew, total Jew. Um, all of us. That's going to be a common theme in <laughs> yeah. this episode. Yeah. And, uh, and so we uh, – so he, they set up this appointment with this talent manager, and I beg my mom to go. And I'm like, I won't say anything – I just want to go and see what they do there, and I went with my brother, and I wouldn't shut up, and they signed both of us to a four-year contract. And we started going on auditions, and my brother, after like a year, just sort of stopped doing it. Did you book wasn't- anything? He booked a couple plays and a few commercials and then he just wasn't really into it. He got really into playing the clarinet and into his studies. He's he just not,
0: wanted to get beat up. Like he was just like I'm not getting beat up fast enough. He's a
1: doctor now. Okay. So like that's, so, what, <laughs> that's
0: what So t- he could buy and sell us <laughs> 10 exactly. times over. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um so he, you know, he cl- clearly knew where he was headed and and I just kind of kept going with it and so you know, starting around, it took about a year of auditioning before I booked anything, and then around nine, I started working and doing films and and TV and theater. A lot of theater,
0: which is you know, because New York, I mean, there is obviously um production and and, and yeah, stuff like that. But yeah. a lot of people come out to LA because there's absolutely. more production,
1: absolutely, especially for TV. Yeah,
0: yeah. uh I mean unless Law and Order, the ten thousand Law and Order's Which
1: is the one show that in New York that I didn't do. Yeah. And everybody's like, Oh, you must have done Law and Order, you're right. from New York and I and I every single time have to go, Nope, that's the one thing I haven't done and I don't know why I auditioned for it like a million times probably and they just never so, I mean
0: you're kind of your 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 story is like one of those things that are like I mean it sounds like oh it like oh that's how it happens you know what i mean like a producer sees you off the street and then you show you know what i mean like right right but that's not how it happens mostly
1: no not at all and in fact i mean that was just that was really just a small little catalyst in in you know and in, in, in the the journey to where i am right now um You know that I I feel like I would have still wound up in the same business had that not happened because I loved performing and it was just a big part of my life. I was doing school plays and things like that, and uh, and I was obsessed with movies and TV. I mean, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was a kid because I was short for my age and just odd in general, and so that that was my 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 home was, was just TV and watching movies and we had free pay-per-view. So I'd watch any movie that came on pay-per-view. I would watch over and over and over again until I knew it by heart. And that was just me.
0: And your parents, your, 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 your parents were, were supportive of,
1: uh, yeah, very supportive. I mean, my mom was an opera singer for a long time, so she kind of understood the entertainment world a little bit, not much because it's opera. So it wasn't as mainstream, but, um, but yeah my dad was an engineer or is an engineer you know that's all that's what he does so yeah not really uh, in the industry but very much so supportive and yeah they, as long as I was happy they were cool they were totally fine with whatever I wanted to do
0: Have you ever had uh, I'm gonna kind of just jump around have you ever, yeah. ever had a, a like a, a like a real job
1: you, okay so when I first moved out here yeah. after a couple years, I started getting really depressed, and I eventually – and it wasn't because I wasn't working because I did work every once in a while and enough to stay afloat. But I, I think I just had so much free time, yeah. more yep. than I was ever yeah. used to, and because I was in Los Angeles and still finding my group of friends and things like that. There are like, others,
0: there's other white Jews out here. That, there are. Yeah. I just
1: hadn't found them yeah. yet, and so <laughs> I was at home a lot. And kind of sleeping until noon yeah. and being really depressed. And and eventually I realized, like, oh, it's because I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Like, I need to keep busy or else I will fall into this rut. so I <laughs> So I was like, all right, I'm going to get a job for the first time in my life. I'm going to get a real job.
0: How old are you at this point?
1: I was – uh, I want to say I was like 20 or 21 years old.
0: Okay. And they're like, Hey, what's your job experience?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I've done a lot of theater. Yeah. Like great. <laughs> I was on the Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I find on Craigslist an interview to be a host cause I'm like, I, I'm going to suck at being a server cause I don't like touching other people's food and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I'll be a host. I can do that. I can put on a smile, show people to their seat, do all that kind of thing. And I go to an interview at the Grand Lux Cafe at the Beverly Center. Do you know that one? Oh yeah. Okay, so that's
0: like—is that an off—is that like a Cheesecake Factory? It is yeah. same
1: company. So when uh, when you watch the orientation video that they make you watch, it's for the Cheesecake Factory, okay. and all of the like items that you're supposed to suggest are not actually on the Grand Lux okay. menu. So they're just like kind of talking to you throughout the entire menu, telling you, "Oh, like this isn't. Don't listen to this part. Don't listen to this part." Uh, but anyway, I got that job. It was my first interview. I got the job. And I show up the first day, and it's insane. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's, like, I don't know, probably 100 tables at yeah. least. In no particular order in terms of the numbers. I'm not rich
0: like you are, but I have gone there once in a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: uh, the, they, they, all the tables are numbered, but... In no particular order. Like they'll have like 30 through 45, and then the next number will be like 62 through like 70 or something like that. No, Just no sense whatsoever, and you have to go around with this little pager thing. and press. It was a nightmare, and I went home the first day. I was exhausted. I think I made that day $30. <laughs>
0: Were you a uh, waiting table? I wasn't. I was you just was... a host, oh, okay.
1: and it was just like running from the front to the back. Yeah. But as a host, you also had to like look and see what tables were now ready to be bussed and then plug that into the little beeper. I mean, it was like a lot of stuff to be doing just for to be a host. And I went home and I was like, there's just no way I'm going to be able to do this, especially because I worked all day and I made like, I don't know, 40 bucks or something like that. And it was and I just called and I said, "I, I won't I won't be in tomorrow. And that was that was the extent of the real job.
0: So you've had one kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, corporate not, you like really W nine job, whatever you want to call barely. it. Barely. I mean, yeah.
1: you can, I, I think I, I basically just, you know, I, I touched base one day with, yeah. with, with a job. Did and it, then,
0: did did that kind of, um, make you kind of like, did it put things in perspective for you?
1: A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it basically, uh, told me, okay, I know I need to be busy but I can't be doing stuff like that because I'm not, I can't progress myself doing stuff like that. And if I don't absolutely need that money, I'd rather be spending my time doing something else. So then it became about like creating a schedule for myself and really holding myself accountable for the things that I'm, I say I'm gonna do, whether it's writing or making a video or whatever it is. And I really got into writing at that point. That was when I started writing screenplays. And like more seriously, I had done it when I was a kid, but um, never in a really serious way, and I started really studying that art form and uh, applying myself to it as much as possible. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna jump back. Jump back. back. I was jump back. What was like the first couple of like TV things that you?
1: Well, the very first job was a music video for the Cardigans. Love. I love the car. Do you music. really?
0: First band on the moon is like I listened to that album like ten thousand times. Never- so
1: you know the song "Love Me." Yeah, love- yeah. I was in that music video.
0: If I go watch it, will I like notice?
1: If you don't blink, okay, you'll find me as a nine-year-old uh, boy swimming in the ocean because it was like that song was for Romeo and Juliet the yeah. movie, and so they had this Romeo and Juliet type story for the video, even though had nothing to do with Romeo and Juliet really because Romeo like puts a message in a bottle sure. and then sends it out to the ocean for Juliet. And so I'm like all these people in the ocean are like trying to get to the bottle cause they see it and they can't get to it because it's meant for Juliet and she eventually gets it at the end. But for a second, I'm one of the kids like reaching for the okay. bottle. That was my first job. And the day I found out about that job was the day, or I'm sorry, the day I shot that job was the day I found out about deconstructing Harry. Okay. which is a woody allen movie mm-hmm. and uh and it was a big deal for me mainly because i got to work with robin williams yeah. and i was i was just a, well, in we love were, with yeah. robin williams yeah. at the time um he was one of my heroes and uh and i had no idea who woody allen was yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and so that was that was my my first real gig was that movie.
0: and how long like how long were you there working?
1: I worked for three days, yeah. uh, same amount of time as Robin Williams. Um, no idea what the movie was it, about because yeah. Woody Allen doesn't tell yeah. anybody what the movie's about unless you're in every scene. You don't get the script. you yeah. only get your scenes. Okay. and that was it. I mean, uh, three days. You know, working with Robin and Julie Kavner and uh, and Woody and and then that was it, and and I made a really good friend Eric Lloyd who ended up uh, we're still friends today. Yeah.
0: Um. So you did that. Yeah. Were you like around everyone else like, oh, I'm in a Woody Allen movie. I don't need to listen to what you have to say to me.
1: No, not at all, because I had no idea who Woody Allen was, and I was also kind of a meek. little boy at the time um i didn't i wasn't very like boisterous at all um and yeah i mean i i again i didn't have a lot of friends or anything did you go to school like yeah i I went to school i went to public school all my life um and in elementary school it became a little bit of an issue because you know i'd have to miss school sometimes for jobs and then i started doing a cartoon right around the same time actually for the disney channel And I did it for three years, and I would get made fun of mercilessly for that. What cartoon is it? It was called PB&J Otter on the Disney Channel. And I played Peanut Otter. And, I mean, what a cool job to have. And now I wish I was doing a cartoon again. You're like, guys, Um, let's bring it back. Seriously. (laughs) Um, But at the time... I remember, yeah. Like kids were super mean. I, I would get made fun of for being a cartoon character. Yeah. So that's really odd.
0: And now you'd be like the coolest person like, ever. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, then what comes next?
1: So like, after, yeah. yeah, after the um, the cartoon or during the cartoon, really, because I did it until I was about twelve years old. I was just yeah auditioning a lot. This is all in New York. All in New York, auditioning a lot, doing commercials, doing. Uh, a, a little tv spot here and there actually i actually found out that we were both on ed
0: um well i was on it probably differently than you were yeah wh- how are well, you on let me it? tell you my experience with it yeah ed is something it was that the bowling I, alley lawyer the bo- yes yeah. great show love the show yeah black was on it one of my heroes tom cavanaugh's tom, fantastic great a totally underrated show i was on it I, I was like um that's how i made my money to move to san diego Oh, wow. Because – I mean I – will see, you were on it because um, you had talent. <laughs> I was on it because I was literally like a human prop. <laughs> um, but basically what I was – is I was uh, granted at twenty eight, twenty nine. 29, one of the regular high school students.
1: Yes. That was how you were credited. Yes. As high school student. Ha- and
0: there is like scenes of me just sitting in the back like kind of jockish like – like and I was just like, i of way too. But there was, I remember there was people that were like, th- I remember like a girl who's like 36, and she was one of them.
1: Yeah, because that was, I mean, that was still at the time where like, yeah. people didn't give a shit. Can I say yes. shit on, yes. on your podcast? You
0: can't say give though. I can't say give. You okay, take. People take a shit. <laughs> yes.
1: On <laughs> about, um, you know, a- yeah. age. On you know, it was at the time where every high school person, yeah. quote unquote, on TV was like in their 30s. Yeah. And now you don't see that. I, at all. I
0: made like some. I mean, because I, you know, I would, uh, you know, do a lot of, uh, you know, overtime and golden time, you know, all that. Kind sure, of stuff. yeah. I made tons of money, and I was like, oh, I don't. I just want to literally like do this. Like I was literally just doing it. Um, sweet gig, right? It was a very, very sweet gig. If you are an extra and you're in SAG and you, or you're, you know, you get bumped up, you know, whatever you get these little yeah. things or whatever, yeah. um, and you were they're like, no, no, bring this guy back. I can't bring him because they wanted some like this. They wanted to see familiar faces, right? Um, in there, uh, but I mean, in New Jersey, my you know home, like in near uh, where I used to live, and it was an amazing. So, were you on it? Like, what was your?
1: I did one episode, and it was. It actually, I was also a high school student, yeah. And there was some uh, case that he was working on with like a drama teacher, okay. I think I remember, and I was one of the drama students. Yeah. And I think my one role was just – like my one line was just like talking to the teacher and I'm like, hey, I really think we should do this one dance yeah. in our show. And then I do the dance yeah. and it's like some stupid, ridiculous move and the teacher's like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. And that's the entire thing. That was my entire spot on that show.
0: Um, I'm going to blow your mind. What? So uh, that I found it. So now this is in a, a little city called San Diego. Yeah. Veronica Mars.
1: Yeah, that's where I shot. Yeah.
0: Uh, because now I had already probably moved to L.A. at this point. That you were because what year were you on it?
1: God, oh man, that was, geez, that was like seven years ago now. So two thousand seven ish. Yeah, something like that. So this for me was two thousand probably
0: two thousand five. Okay. I was um the who, the guy who played Logan yes uh i was his stand-in oh really for a, for a lot of it yeah no way yeah and again money for me to move to los angeles yeah why not um so i i because i lived in san diego at the time obviously you know yeah so i was there like making tons of money just being a stand-in his or name is also jason yep Yep. Yeah, Jason Doring. Doring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Love the show. It Was a great show. It was super cool. Like everyone was. Everyone was cool. And like again, made a bunch. Of, but yeah. So like, bef- so I paved the way. For me. For you <laughs> yeah. to go there and actually act.
1: Yeah, and that was honestly that was one of the biggest milestones yeah. for me as an actor because.
0: Now were you were you in living out here at the?
1: I was living out here. And you moved
0: from New York to L.A. When?
1: Uh, that was in 2005. Okay, and I moved here because I. I auditioned for a play in New York yeah. that was being done out here at the Amundsen. Okay. And I booked it, and they relocated me yeah. out here. What play is that? It was called uh, Dead End. Okay. And it had a bunch of great people in it, Jeremy Sisto and, and Joyce Van Patten mm-hmm. and Catherine Hahn mm-hmm. and just, like, really amazing. Uh, Tom Everett Scott yeah. who's a good friend still. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they brought me out here, and we did the play, and I had a whole group of friends because of it. And um, – and I just stayed after that because I always knew I was going to spend some time out here. And, uh, and I figure, you know, now I have a little head start, so I'll, I'll just stick around.
0: And, and that was was that Veronica Mars one of your first big, like, uh, television jobs? So, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it was definitely – here's why it was a big deal is because I auditioned for it just to be a guest star on it. Uh, just to do one episode where I'm selling tests to one of the supporting actors, Percy Daggs Third. Mm-hmm. The black um, guy, of course, the black guy is black cheating, guy. right? The black yes. guy, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and uh, – and, but really it was the white guy who was cheating yeah. and, and making money off of it. Um, and so I did that episode and then all of a sudden they called me and they said, hey, do you want to come do another episode? And I was like, yeah, of course. And I go do another episode and then they asked me to do a third episode and when I get the script for that third episode, which was written by Diane Riggiero, who's a brilliant writer, uh, it's all about my character. Oh. The, like my ca- the, my the case of the week was me hiring Veronica Mars. Oh. And it was such a big deal for me because I, one, I had never recurred on a show before, and two, I had never been like asked back like that. And Rob Thomas, the creator,
0: uh, not, not, not the guy from Matchbox 20. Not the
1: guy from Matchbox 20. Don't other freak Rob out, Thomas, to, Don't freak out. Freak it, don't freak out. Um, uh, he called me on my phone, which was also the first time that had ever happened in the business. Like where
0: You had him. This is Rob. Yeah, I don't exactly. know how it sounds like. No, it
1: was just like, hey, this is Rob Thomas. And I'm like,
0: wow, hi,
1: what's up? <laughs> and he was just super nice and told me what a great job he thought I did and that they loved me on the show. And I ended up doing pretty much the rest of the episodes of that season. And it was just – Then you got killed off. No, and then the show got uh, – can not canceled, but it just ended. So you uh, – So I, a- I ruined you, the show. You ruined the show. I ru- I mean, I've ruined I a know. lot of shows. shows. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, they didn't make uh, Deconstructing Harry 2, did they?
1: No, they didn't. In fact, I don't think Woody Allen ever made another movie after <laughs> no, that. No, he <they> didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was just a huge deal. And then it comes full circle to right now because – um, I just did iZombie not too long ago okay. and Rob Thomas also created that show and did you do that in Canada? that was in Canada in Vancouver yeah was
0: the, was the director female?
1: no the director was not they have did a bunch of different directors? of course oh yeah. because
0: a guy that I work out with his wife I don't know is uh, directing some of the episodes I think in Canada awesome right now. yeah so yeah. I just, was just curious it's the first time I've ever heard of the show so. it's
1: a great show it uh, it reminds me a lot of Veronica it's iCarly Mars. but they're all zombies <laughs> no oh. very very different <laughs> oh um no it's it's uh it's a great show it's a great show it's based on a graphic novel um definitely check it out it's on the cw and yeah i did the second season premiere and uh spoilers spoilers i got to be the bad guy
0: oh yeah not just because you're jewish not just because i'm jewish (laughs) but because i look the way i look right right (laughs) um
1: which is jewish
0: so what has been some like and you've done what are you most known for being on well
1: funnily enough I'm probably most known for Supernatural right be- and, and when I say most known for it's like that's where most of my social following comes from whether it be on Twitter or YouTube or Instagram or whatever um, that fan base for Supernatural is unbelievable probably the most supportive fan base I've Fandoms
0: are very, very ravenous. This
1: is like the fandom. I don't know of a fandom that is more ravenous than the one for this show. I mean, it's why the show has been on for 11 years, which is just insane to me. And now, I mean, it really is the gift that keeps on giving because I did that one episode. I greatly increased my social following, Twitter and all that stuff, which has helped out in a big way. And now I kind of I travel the world doing conventions for uh, that show. Just
0: really milking it.
1: Yeah, well, they invite me. Yeah. You know, they they they'll call up and they'll say, "Do you want to come to London to do this convention?" Which is literally a convention just for Supernatural, and they have them all over the world. And I go and and get to meet every all the fans and and uh, and take pictures and sign stuff, and it, it's amazing. But how does one
0: episode make that happen?
1: It was a really good episode. It. It's also, again, because the fandom is so amazing and incredible, they um, fixate on even people that just do one episode. Yeah. And, you know, there's to this day, I mean, that was a couple of years ago. And to this day, I get tweets saying, when are you coming back to Supernatural? When are you coming back to Supernatural? And there's always talk about me coming back and all that stuff because I'm one of the few characters that didn't die on the show. And so, yeah, it's just, I guess also the episode was sort of an origin story for my character who's pretty much a jewish superhero okay yeah, yeah. but
0: all, Ju- all jews are superheroes in a way you don't even... in some
1: way yeah. yeah when it comes to like saving money <laughs> yeah yeah exactly or, i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> it's just so so cliche yeah. and stereotyping uh
0: so w- w- what's going on ne- like cause you you're obviously you're working i'm working do you have any um i mean i would love to call this like talking shit but That's... you probably won't do it because yeah. you're like a nice guy yeah but is there anyone like that? Is there any like horror stories that you have? Of just from anything? Any, any acting? Like I just like to hear like
1: – Well, I – Either hear people being really cool or really shitty. Well, so this is a funny story, but I feel like I've I, – I, I told this on my podcast not too long ago, but I will, I will tell you it right now. Um, so I – one of the plays that I did when I was around 12 years old – uh, i did a production of it in new york i did a production of it in florida and then we did a tour of it uh, before it went to broadway and then in
0: florida you got to get that florida market to really test out well see- because
1: it was a post-holocaust play and so they were like let's go to coconut grove and get every old yeah. jew there yeah. to watch this play at which we did and they all loved it and i did it with theodore Bikel. and then when we did the pre-broadway tour they uh Theo, who played my grandfather and it was pretty much just me and him on stage the entire time. He had to go do uh, a production of Fiddler on the Roof because he's done like every production of it basically. Um, And, uh, Theodore Backell rest in peace. He just passed away not too long ago. Um, and they recast him with Hal Linden.
0: Okay. Do you know you know how Barney Linden? Miller Barney
1: Miller, yeah. correct? I'm old, yes. So <laughs> so Barney Miller slash Hal Linden. The fact uh, that you're calling him Barney Miller <laughs> lets me know
0: where this is going. Yes.
1: He uh, comes to, to rehearsal and I'm twelve years old. Right. They've recast everybody in the play except for me. Okay. okay? And me and Theo originally got amazing reviews yes. and everybody loved it, and that's why we were doing another production. And Hal never really remembered his lines and also the director kind of made the mistake because we had to play a chess game in one of the scenes and i had to like beat him and we actually had the moves planned out so they were like oh will you just teach how the moves that you guys did in the scene so here's this 12 year old kid teaching this old man the you know the things he needs to do on stage in this play that he's the star of and he just didn't like me from the very beginning. Uh, yeah, just hated me. I mean, for good reason too, because I, you know, I was a precocious, yeah. obnoxious kid who is now telling him what to do, and like, kind of like, oh, this is what Theo used to do, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. So we go on tour, and he gets ripped apart in the reviews yeah. because yeah. everyone's comparing him to Theodore Bikel, who's an actual Holocaust survivor, and and Hal Linden is not, and playing kind of a caricature, and. And I get great reviews again because they remembered me from the last time. And so that just fueled it even more. He really just didn't like me. It was very clear. He had them like cut the legs off my chair at a dinner scene because he said part of the audience couldn't see him. And just like things like that were going on. And then when we were on our way back to New York to start rehearsals for Broadway, I got a call from my manager saying that I had gotten fired. Um, to keep
0: Helen in and on?
1: Well, to keep him happy, yeah, okay. basically. I mean, they didn't say that, but yeah. I knew that that was the only. Re- I mean, I was again the only one getting good yeah. reviews. You know,
0: how, did, how long did it last after that?
1: So this is what happened. So I got six weeks of severance pay yeah. for Broadway. Um, the show opened and closed in three weeks, and I believe the post said it was like reliving the Holocaust all over again. So Ouch. that that was how that went. And then, uh, just to round this out. He then, all, the next time I see Hal Linden, is on a plane to Vancouver where he's going to play my grandfather on Supernatural.
0: So you guys were in that episode? Ten
1: years later.
0: Did he remember you? Or? He
1: remembered me. I don't think he knew that I knew why I got fired. Yeah. So it was never mentioned. Was he cool? He was cool. We got lunch. Yeah. I never brought it up, and that was it. Oh, wow. I know. I know weird wasn't isn't that crazy i mean they obviously had no idea that we had ever worked together and And there's
0: so many hal linden stories out there too (laughs) you know what i mean like he's always in the tabloids he is just yeah he's fighting with kylie jenner all the time This podcast
1: episode is gonna blow up because of this story the linden
0: heads (laughs) (laughs) are gonna go crazy for this did you ever have any um okay now this this is now i just like to gossip because again like i'm still this guy like living in new york like Digging ditches for the New York State Parks thinking like, oh, this is the – like people – like the lives other people would live, not the life I would live. So I'm still that person. Any uh, romantic drama with any like famous people or people on sets or any Mm, hot stuff?
1: I don't know. Not really. Have
0: you dated any celebrities?
1: I've dated what you might call celebrities, but it's never been like from working with them or anything like that. It's just been – you know, meeting them out and is about. That, there,
0: is that secret? Yeah. Okay, I mean, cool. Got yeah, it. I'm not going
1: to, I'm not going to name who who they were, but, but, uh.
0: <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen? Yeah, other <laughs> than like, say- you know, Paris Hilton <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah. Lindsay Lohan, okay.
1: obviously, and, uh, uh, whoever else is in the tabloids uh, <laughs> regularly I'm like I'm naming people in the yeah, tabloids from exactly. like five years ago
0: yeah. Nicole Richie Nicole Richie and Nicole Smith I mean, and, and Nicole a... Smith I dated her for a while <laughs> oh, yeah. so you okay, know cool. Us
1: Weekly cool be but sure to pick that up we're
0: just letting you know how relevant you are right now
1: very relevant very relevant no you can tell I've been in a relationship for four years yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah that's. I'll just I'll come to my own conclusions yeah exactly just make stuff up and say it about me that's fine Uh. uh do you
0: steal Hal Linden's girl or something
1: yeah no no, he, me, I, and we're still together. That's who I've been with for four years, <laughs> <Wow>. actually.
0: <laughs> um, but you know, with all this, like you know, you 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 make your living doing what you do, which is great. And a lot of people, um, out here can't say that. You know what I mean? Like, sure. there's a lot of people like, oh yeah, I'm an actor. And yes, you are an actor, but like you make like five percent of your income from acting; right. the other ninety-five from whatever. They, and that's fine. You're, you however it is is what you're doing. But you are making a living doing what you say you do i'm
1: one of the lucky guys yes, yeah yes very fortunate definitely
0: but that's not enough for you no You're like i want some of this youtube I'm, well give me some of this youtube well here's why yeah
1: and, and and i've been talking about this a lot recently um is i i love telling stories right mm-hmm. that's why i'm an actor that's why i write all of that stuff and, and i like creating things um and the problem is is that i've spent quite a few years out here um, trying to minimize the window in between jobs, right? Trying to make that smaller. And the, the fact of the matter is I don't have much control over that. You know, I get jobs when I get them. Luckily, it's often enough that I stay on television, I stay on movies, and I can pay my rent and all that stuff, which is great. But as an artist... I'm sick of waiting for people to let me tell stories and to let me make things and all that stuff. And, you know, I've written shows that are set up at production companies. I've, uh, I've written movies that we've been trying to get funded for God knows how long I made a short film that we got to do all by, but even that we had to raise money for, and it did really well. We did 50 film festivals and won a bunch of awards. And, and then when we tried to make a feature film, it, it's taken a couple years to get money in the bank for it, and it's, it's just a nightmare kind of when it comes to wanting to be prolific and wanting to kind of keep creating. So that brings me to YouTube. It started off with a show that I was doing for Mark Cuban's company called uh, – uh, the company is called Cyberdust, and they backed a show that I created called That's a First with Adam Rose where I do things for the first time. And I just figured it would live the best on YouTube. It would be great
0: if you actually never had a, a real job and that was your one of the things you did. But you've done that.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was a host for a second. Yeah. So that that kind of counts. Um uh, but anyway, so that you know, once I did that in order to make sure that I got the most out of that show or the show got the most out of the exposure basically, I dove headfirst into YouTube. And and at first you know, I, I think I was in the place where most people are at with YouTube, you know, in the general public, which is like, oh, you know, people putting cat videos up and filming themselves eating breakfast and stuff like that, not interested. And then as I dove into it, and I started finding creators and voices that, that I really connected with. And that were making content that I really loved and wanted to check back in for, and all that stuff. And I really began to understand the psychology of the medium and fell in love with it. And now it's pretty much most of the content that I consume is from YouTube. I've found YouTubers that I love. Um, you know, I've been meeting great people like you. Uh, and it's what, I, here's what I love about YouTube in comparison to Hollywood. In Hollywood, one person's success means a bunch of other people's failure, right? You audition for a role, a bunch of other people don't get that role, and one person gets it, right? You know, uh, one person, yeah, it, it, that's just how it goes. You know, not everybody wins in Hollywood. On YouTube, however, one person's success means everyone around them, uh, around them, their success as well that you, know, you build off each other's audiences. When somebody does really well, you can do really well too. And there's, no, there's enough to go around. And so that's something that really struck a chord with me because there's such a competition in Hollywood that can be so exhausting that being involved in a community that is exactly that. It's a community where people are helping each other and supporting each other and all those things. That to me is a beautiful thing, and also I just feel like, why shouldn't artists have a direct relationship with their audience? We have the internet now; we don't need all the middlemen anymore. You don't—we don't need people to say yes to us. We can just put our stuff out there, and if people like it, they like it, and if they don't, they
0: don't. And that's the—I mean that—you know—I always compare it to like when you watched, you know, a TV show. You can't tell. The guy from the mentalist i don't know that's a show yeah a, yeah you can't tell him he sucks or he's great really. right i mean you can't twitter but on youtube you really can like say like i think you suck i think you're great and i think there's a lot of magic in that
1: and then not just that but also you know i think the biggest thing is just indifference you know so if somebody puts something up that sucks people just don't watch it you know and and tv that's not really true yeah. you know you can put stuff on tv that is really really bad and people will still watch it because people a lot of the time just have the tv on for background noise yeah. i mean i literally use tv for background noise a lot of the time and i'll end up watching some ridiculous thing that i would never in a million years choose to watch um so that's kind of been you know the last few months have been eye-opening for me when it comes to uh, YouTube and the value in it.
0: What do you? What do you like? What ambitions do you have? Like, what? I know there's like, there's no really goal. I mean, I think it's ongoing. But is there something you're like? I really would like this to happen with this as a with YouTube.
1: Yeah. Um, I would like to have people watch. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to grow my audience <laughs> yeah. for sure. But the truth is, is I. Yeah, I mean, I love that people enjoy watching the videos that I'm making. I would love to have. Um, more resources to make bigger and better things on YouTube. Um, And yeah, I mean, there's obviously a certain part of me that would love to grow enough of a following on YouTube that it will translate into mainstream things. And I will get to work more often because of it and all of those things. But the truth is, is thinking long term and down the line, I have a feeling that this relationship that i'm developing with my audience is something that's going to stay with me for my entire life and and really be the basis for how i distribute any art that i create yeah 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 i mean that's that's the goal for me is just to continue the conversation between me and my audience and make it more of a a one-on-one give and take kind of thing do
0: you think They're the crossover between people that know you from like being on television right to like well i'm doing this thing online is there like a pretty good like uh, trying to think of the way are are people very very responsive back and forth to the two different things i
1: would say it's a mix i think some people who have watched me on tv and like the stuff that i do on there might be like what the hell is he doing on youtube now like are things not going great for him right and Uh, And then there are also a lot of people out there that are like, oh, my God, I can't believe I get to have this insight into this person's life now when before I just saw him on TV saying other people's words, you know, and I think that kind of a connection is something that I never really valued before. And I think part of it is because there was always this idea that actors need to be mysterious and like can't know everything about them but i think that's just an old concept i don't think that's true anymore i think people want to know that you're a real person they want to know who you are they want to invest in who you are personally not in whatever character you're playing this week or whatever you know um and i don't think that takes away from your ability to act in things and to uh you know be different characters because the fact is is people People are on to the fact that we're there are actors and that, you know, they know how things work now and they can suspend their disbelief for enough time to watch you in something, even if they know who you are.
0: Well, it looks like you got it all. I mean, all you need uh, now is a podcast, which you already have. Yeah, and they can
1: listen to that play.it slash Rosecast. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for, for um, being on. I mean, of you, didn't, you didn't dish any like the, the juicy dirt.
1: Tell me, do you want some? Like what what kind of juicy dirt know. can I, I like, give you?
0: I just like we'll do it, it'll be after hours. Yeah, we'll do we'll, after hours you can Yeah, do yeah, yeah. when we start That's drinking. For, this is for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is you know, this is for them. I need something for me. Uh, I'll give you
1: I'll give you something to bite on after okay, this. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: but you have a, your podcast, RoseCast.
1: Yeah, RoseCast. You can find it on iTunes. Um CBS produces it and it's on their play dot it network. So you can find it at play.it slash rosecast.
0: And YouTube channel?
1: YouTube channel is youtube.com slash adam rose. Official,
0: not the wrestler,
1: not the wrestler. That's what it should be. It should be youtube.com/slash not the wrestler. <laughs>
0: yeah, because <laughs> anyone who doesn't want the wrestler can get you
1: exactly. That's what I mean.
0: And Twitter is, Twitter
1: is at real Adam Rose, right. and the same as Instagram and Snapchat is all real Adam Rose. Look at
0: you, You're like a true influencer. I,
1: I, the truth is, and I did this at, uh, on Twitter, I tweeted like all my social media yeah. handles and websites and all that stuff. And I realized, yes, I have a ton of social media um, accounts,
0: and I love them all. Yeah, I love social so babies, media. I
1: just love social media. Yeah. I think there's. I realize that you know, yes, I'm an artist, but I also love the conversation that you know social media provides. I, I love sharing things, and I love when people share things with me. I just, I, I like that. It's 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 near and dear to my heart.
0: Well, it loves you back. Hey, I'm, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm social media. Hey, I'm the, social I'm the media. president of social media. Oh, man, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, I didn't tell you that before I started. I do not want to be nervous. Oh, this
1: is huge. Yeah. Um.
0: So can I – No. Well, will no. you – No, but if – Nah, can't help you. <sighs> too bad. I thought this was going to be nope. a lot different. No, no, no. I thought, <Nope>. this, <laughs> nope.
1: thought I was going to get a lot more out of this. Now you
0: just get this. Uh, This is the Friends Without Benefits podcast. You can find me at YouTube.com slash Jason Horton. Maybe they want to subscribe and – Leave a comment and tell they them how should, great. They should subscribe to yeah. you for sure because you're hilarious. Yeah, and they can maybe you know, you know, ask ask the ask the hard hitting questions in the comments and maybe you get Adam to uh, to answer them.
1: Yeah, I, I answer. By the way, on my YouTube channel, I answer every single comment right now. Whoa. But yeah, I know. For so the price single, of
0: for the price of zero for nothing. Yes. For absolutely. literally
1: nothing, I will answer a
0: comment. Yes. Yeah, and that's it. Well, there you go. This is the Friends Without Benefits podcast. We're just we're a couple guys wearing V necks. Thank you so much. <laughs> Dude.